0: Welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. In the first 24 hours of its release in November 2010, Call of Duty Black Ops sold more than 7 million copies in the US and the UK. Six weeks later, the game had earned $1 billion in sales. Composer Sean Murray faced the daunting task of writing music for one of the most successful video game franchises in history, but he had done it before. Sean also wrote the music for Call of Duty World at War, which came out in 2008. Black Ops is a first-person shooter set in the Cold War in the 1960s. As a player, you travel the world fighting in Cuba, the Soviet Union, Laos, and Vietnam. I have to admit, right off the bat, that Black Ops has sucked. About I'm not even going to tell you how many days of my life. <laughs> oh my god! Out of it, I am. I'm a big. I've always been a big uh, Call of Duty fan, and so for me, being a big gaming fan in general, and a musician and longtime lover of music, this is uh, quite a dream for me to be able to speak with uh, you and and uh, folks like you about the work you do with games and music.
1: Oh, that's great!
0: Yes, so uh, so it's very exciting to to speak with you about about that and your other endeavors as well. But Call of Duty, of course, I would imagine being uh, one of the perhaps one of the biggest projects you've worked on.
1: I would have to say so. I mean, there's nothing that I've done that's ever reached anywhere near the success of Black Ops. I mean, we're in the the realm of Avatar as far as uh, how much money it brought in.
0: $3 billion, I think, so far. A Call of Duty in general.
1: Yeah, it is the most successful entertainment product, I think, in history at yes. this point. It, it may be even over $7 billion.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Uh, $7 billion served, just like McDonald's.
0: <laughs> and maybe more healthy? I, that's hard to say. Uh, but no. <laughs> I do know that Black Ops sold 7 million copies in the first 24 hours. And yes, that's, it did. That's huge.
1: Yeah, I went, uh, I was downtown in in Hollywood the night that the game was released and there was a line around the block of fans uh, waiting to pick up their copy at midnight and it Mm -hmm. was kind of thrilling to walk by and to (laughs) say hello to the first three guys in line and I whispered to them, Hey, I wrote the music. I did Call (laughs) of Duty World at War as well. And they're like, (laughs) Dude! was only my fourth video game, Black Ops. The first one I did was True Crime Streets of L.A., and that was with Activision. second one was the follow-up, True Crime New York City. And on both of those games, I worked with this terrific guy in the audio department named Brian Tuey. and he was a sound designer on True Crime L.A., and by the time True Crime New York uh, came around two years, two years later, he had become the audio director for Luxaflux. So when I worked on that game with him, we developed a really great working relationship, and we had the same appreciation for uh, the stylistically for different types of music that we were going to use in the game. So he really enjoyed the experience. I love the experience of working with him and the, and the other guys in the sound department, Chris Cowell as well. Well, they both went on to uh, Treyarch after True Crime New York, and uh, Brian Tuey became the audio director at Treyarch. So okay. when it came time for uh, World at War, they had done the uh, Call of Duty 3 project with a terrific composer named Joel Goldsmith, the son of the you know, legendary mm-hmm. Jerry Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to take a different approach and, and get a different sound for World at War. They, they just really wanted to make a change from the previous uh, game sonically.
0: a little bit about your background because you know you've got mostly a background in TV and film is that correct?
1: Yes my first film I composed when I was 19 years old. Wow. And that's how I actually broke into the uh, film business but I started off doing student films for a film school in Santa Barbara when I was 16 and I had done dozens by the time I was 19 so I had a pretty good understanding of how to write for film Mm -hmm. and the first movie I did was called Scorpion. And it starred my father, and he had a role in in getting me the gig. Oh, cool! He had introduced me to the uh, producer and director that w- wanted to hear nothing about Don Murray's son composer. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, yeah, right. Wow. I, we're gonna get a we're gonna get somebody good. Mm-hmm. But my father was persistent, and he gave him a, a couple of the student films that I'd done, and gave him a few of my uh, cassettes of my work. And he really liked it, so he called me in, and we hit it off. And uh, from there, I've, you know, I've been working ever since as a professional composer.
0: What for you was the biggest challenge in making that jump from writing to TV and film to writing for a video game? Well,
1: you know what? First of all, the thing that I uh, attracted me to uh, the video game uh, genre, I mean format for writing, was that you had more time. Video games, you have months to work on. Motion pictures, you have weeks. And television shows, you have days. So I was really excited about the fact that I could work on this project for five months and really get into it. And you're writing more music than you would for a feature film. But uh, yeah, that aspect. And also the people. They all have, most of them have very technical backgrounds and are extremely smart and intelligent, Mm -hmm. but they don't think they're geniuses, (laughs) like a lot of people do in the film business. I studied classical uh, piano and classical guitar. Guitar oh, wow. I studied, yeah, I, started, I studied with a protege of Segovia, a guy named Ray Rusner in Santa Barbara. Wow. And he was a contemporary of Christopher Parkening. And he was just an amazing teacher. And I learned years later that I was his only student, which was kind of an honor for me. So classical guitar, I studied piano from the age of five, Uh, Guitar from seven then uh, after high school. I went to uh, Santa Barbara City College and studied music there but I never went to film school or you know uh, One of the big fancy schmancy schools but the thing that really taught me how to write for film was uh, getting involved with the Brooks Institute in Santa Barbara and that was a film school and uh, everybody there had to they were making short films and they did several films throughout their tenure at the school I was lucky enough to get involved with them and I sort of became the go-to guy in Santa Barbara at that period. So I did dozens of, of short films and that's really how I learned how to write.
0: I'm obviously female, and I enjoy playing first-person shooters. And one of the things that always makes me chuckle, maybe because I'm older and wiser, but is the amount of testosterone that's that's pl- plugged into these games. And what I love about your score for Black Ops is there there is a really good balance of, you know, the orchestra combined with with, you know, this guitar that's fast and furious and and then there's these really beautiful moments of just orchestral writing like uh the the tracks deviant or foe foe i didn't mean to say that like a minnesotan (laughs) foe foe in the wall you know what i'm saying these these calmer quieter more tender moments in the score that that really almost breathe more life into it and and do you see what i'm saying
1: always looking for an, an emotional connection to the characters. So also the breadth of this score, the, the scope of it, was influenced by the fact that you're traveling all over the world in this game. I mean, you're in Kowloon, in Hong Kong, you're in Siberia, you're in Russia, you're in Southeast Asia, you're in uh, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam. So I really felt like the score needed to travel, not necessarily... Uh, mimicking the locales that much, but it just, I wanted to give you an entire world of music. But uh, the thing that really influenced the score the most was I threw myself into the music of the 20th century composers that were very uh, experimental during the Cold War period. No kidding. From the 50s all the way through the
0: uh, 80s. Such as?
1: Oh, I love the music of of, uh, Griorgi Ligeti and Grieorgi Kurtog, Both of those guys I listened to quite a bit in my preparation for doing the score. Two of my favorite overall composers are minimalists, uh, John Taverner, Arvo Part. Mm. Absolutely. That had an influence as well on the score in in cuts like The Wall. ¶¶ Another one that influenced me uh, quite a bit is a, a Finnish composer named uh, Radovara.
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: Yeah, he is one of, my, he is my ultimate favorite composer to listen to. No He's,
0: way. You're the first person I've ever heard say Rodovara's name in terms of, you <laughs> know, I love this composer. That's just really phenomenal. You're listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. My guest this week is composer Sean Murray, who wrote the music for Call of Duty World at War and Call of Duty Black Ops. Do you play the games much? I mean, as you're writing them or perhaps post, post-production post when they're all done? And
1: World at War, I had a—also on True Crime New York, I had a dev kit, a development kit. So basically I can— see how the game is developing Mm -hmm. and see how they're implementing the music and play the game and really get a feel for it and get inside it. And I really utilized that heavily on World at War. Um, When it came to Black Ops, I uh, wanted to take a different approach, like I was writing for a feature film. So I didn't actually want to play the game. I wanted to look at uh, a video of the playthroughs of each game level and score to it like I would a film.
0: One of the things I think that sets Black Ops apart, it it definitely feels like a cinematic production, which I think a lot of first-person shooters can honestly lack at times.
1: Absolutely. And um, I think maybe my approach in uh, not playing through the game on this one maybe lent itself to that in a way. But no, I was just absolutely floored by the imagery when I started getting in the, uh, the video of the the playthrough, and as soon as we got the voices of Gary Oldman in there... Even now, his music still haunts me. And um, Ed Harris and Sam Worthington, oh my God, there's no greater impetus to write great music or write your, you know, uh, write at your best when you have incredibly fine actors like that They just make you feel like you're doing something so important. So given the, you know, the incredible graphics and the incredible acting work, I was very inspired to do my best work.
0: What direction did the studio give you on what they wanted?
1: Uh, Very little, actually. Um, Early on, when I first started writing, I think the very first cue that I wrote was um, Pegasus. And it was a little bit bit bigger and a little bit more orchestral and and bombastic. And uh, we ended up, obviously, we used that in the game. But from there, that was sort of this, the jumping-off point. OK, where do we want to take the music from here? And then I would get input from the guys at Treyarch of, well, we want to just hone it in, in this direction. We like these sections here. Let's do more of that. The second piece of music I wrote, I went very experimental. And it was uh, a piece called Flashpoint, which was the impetus for the cue, the wall. That's uh, where the, the longer piece, the, the wall, came from. So that was in a completely different direction from my very first cut that I wrote. And it had beautiful lyrical cello as well as a haunting pedal point with uh, ever-shifting timbres. And uh, I used waterphone and, and detuned piano quite a bit, utilizing oh, wow. some of those Cold War, you know, John Cage sort of uh, elements. So I went from one extreme to the other, and uh, that's how we started feeling out what direction we would continue to go. So every time I'd write something new, I would judge the response by the studio. And then all the guys play it for each other, and they put it in the game. So you get your direction that way by the amount of enthusiasm for every uh, you know piece of music that you come up with. Yes. And, you know, as in film, most films are heavily temp-scored, which I really don't like to listen to when I'm um, writing for a film.
0: What Can you explain that for, for someone like me who doesn't... Know what that means? A temp score.
1: A temp score when during the editing process on a a motion picture, the director or the editor will put in music from other movies that they like. Uh. So, uh, you know, you you often get scores. I remember there was a period where every score I was working on had several songs of by Moby in it. (laughs) So, but. You know they'll 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 always put in the biggest composers and and then, if they get married to it, they'll say, "Do something like this," mm-hmm. and then they you know are always not so enthusiastic if you don't sound you
0: know like right.
1: the temp score, so I don't like listening to a temp score, and I think a lot of more mature directors tend to not really put any emphasis on it,
0: you know for the past couple of months, I've been trying to talk to composers and just just like you who write for for video games and and it really seems like each person i ask how much direction did you get um it, it's usually not a lot which seems no. so freeing
1: it is it's tremendously uh liberating you, obviously people have a concept or an i sort of an idea of vibe i i knew that um for example in black ops that we, we really wanted to capture the paranoia of the of the cold war p- period mm-hmm. and we wanted to capture the you know the sense of brinkmanship and that any time we could be in nuclear holocaust so that was the direction that I was given and that was my goal of trying to emphasize that that reality and that psychological state of the of the game
0: What do you love about the end product for you personally?
1: Well, you know what? I was just so happy that uh, I was able to experiment and do so many different things musically and that I had the freedom to really write whatever came into my mind and, and had very little restriction. So that was very satisfying. And to hear these you know, pieces like The Wall and Foe and Deviant mixed into the game and to see how it was executed and, and to to hear from people that, you know, they were really uh, impressed by the score and, and felt, you know, so motivated while playing because everything felt so tense to them. I love that when people say, oh, my God, I was playing through this level and cringing. I just, oh, you know, when you get that kind of excitement back mm-hmm. and they say the music just had me on the edge of my seat, that's mm-hmm. what you want to hear. So that's always exciting to me.
0: I've really enjoyed listening to it without gunfire in the background.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's interesting that you say that. Actually, when I'm writing, I'll put on a loop of uh, gunfire and different guns that you could be using in the uh, the level of the game. Maybe I'll get it with the automatic weapon. Maybe I'll get it as uh, with the player using a shotgun. So I'll just have a couple of different gun palettes to work with. And believe it or not, I have that playing continuously in the loop as I'm composing because I want to make sure that my sonorities of the music are cutting through the uh, sonorities of the gunplay. so it's actually really fun to listen to music without guns after a while. <laughs> and uh, one of the uh, great things about finishing the project, and I, I worked, oh, the game was released in November. I was still working on it in September, finishing up uh, added scenes and also cut scenes and, mm-hmm. and uh, loading movies. I really enjoyed the loading movies aspect of it. They were so graphically interesting.
0: Yes, yes. uh,
1: So as soon as I was done, I I had about a week, and then I had to get on the ball ball and start getting the soundtrack album together. And I was very surprised at the amount of freedom that I had in choosing the cuts for the soundtrack album. I just pulled all of my favorite cuts and, and ended up with 30, And uh, I was very surprised when they said, okay, we'll put out 30 cuts. Like, what? That's almost two hours of music.
0: And that speaks to uh, also just the sheer amount you have to write for a video game, where if you do a two-hour film, I mean, you're not going to be obviously writing three hours of music. You you won't even be writing two hours of music.
1: Yeah, there's usually between 75 and 85 minutes of music for a feature. And it's, it's very interesting. I've had so many films... It just may be the way way my mind works. I have 42 cuts. Four or five films, I've had exactly 42 cuts of music.
0: And for Black Ops, how many did you have?
1: Oh, God. I don't know. (laughs) More than 42. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I imagine. I imagine. But uh, with Black Ops, the cuts are a lot longer as well, because you've got long levels, uh, long periods of gameplay. So... The average piece I think I wrote was around three minutes. Had an eighty-piece orchestra uh, at the Eastwood scoring stage at Warner Brothers Studio. That was an absolute dream come true.
0: Did you conduct it all too?
1: I did not conduct. I left it to. I leave that to the professionals. <laughs> I, I truly think that conducting is an art form in its own, and I've never learned to do it. I had an amazing conductor for Black Ops, a guy named Tim Simonek this was his third Call of Duty that he'd been conducting. He had orchestrated and conducted co- the first Call of Duty with Michael. Um, the second Call of Duty he orchestrated and conducted with Graham Ravel. And so this was his third with me, so he was, it was neat to have uh, his history involved with that. with one of the best orchestrators in the industry, a woman named Emily Bernstein. Emily Bernstein is the daughter of the great Elmer Bernstein. And she had she had uh, started orchestrating his films when she was very young. I think she was 21 or so. And her first film that she ever orchestrated was Cape Fear, Scorsese's uh, remake of Cape Fear. And then she orchestrated every one of his films to the very last one, which was Far From Heaven. So when it came time for Call of Duty World at War, I knew we were going to have the opportunity to to use a a large orchestra, and uh, I was able to get Emily involved. (laughs) ¶¶
0: Thank you so, so much for your time today. It's It's been a pleasure to speak with you.
1: Thank you so much, Emily.
0: You've been listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Rees. Our technical director is Sam Keenan, and we had additional support from John Miller. On the next episode of Top Score, we talk to one of the men responsible for the award-winning score to Red Dead Redemption. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Tumblr at Top Score Podcast. So you know how at the end how we do funny stuff sometimes. What? At the, end, <laughs> I just thought this time around I should say hello to my Call of Duty buddies because I've been playing with some of them for like four years and they're good guys. They're my guys. Can you say hello on on the podcast. Well, I mean maybe. Okay. Do you think I would get hit by a nerd lightning bolt?
1: <laughs> <This> probably.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just I'll just say hi really quick. Okay, there's my AOD buddies. Those guys would be Arsenal Fan and Scarface and Rage Assassin and Sweeper and Tone and Asian Princess and... It, wait, who? <laughs> princess?
1: Asian Princess? Yeah. Okay, this, yeah. Is, this is a white guy from Wyoming, I'm assuming?
0: <laughs> then there's uh, West Cuby Kid and Spartan, who is from Wyoming, and Bree and Haven and Dmac. Yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. Then there's my Rage Clan boys, and uh, those boys would be as follows. I'm I'm sure they would prefer I call them men, so... Wookiee one (laughs) Stop it, comic book boy. Um, Those guys would be like Affliction and Shady and Lizard Man. Peter Parker. Basil, Shark Bucket Dealer, Tim, Blake, Gator. Jeff. (laughs) Killer Beena. Anyone else? That's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, we'll try to work that
0: out.